0: Welcome everyone to another episode of More Marketing Ideas with me, Fred Gillen, your host, where you will learn from industry experts based on their life's experiences and business processes. So let's get on with the show. Okay everyone, in today's show I'd like to introduce to a friend of mine, Laurie Brooks. Laurie is a relationship facilitator and family law mediator who helps you to resolve and do conflict better. With over 15 years of experience in the family law industry Lori knows that conflict does not have to be hard, bitter or full of emotional warfare and she is passionate about using her role as a mediator or relationship facilitator to help you and anybody else see what it's like to be on the other side. In today's chat Lori will actually explain where she lives what her interests are, a little bit about her family, and more importantly, what she does and who she serves. So Laurie, welcome to the show. I really appreciate your time and appreciate you being here. And um, just to get the show started, what I'd like to do is I'd like to have a chat to you about you and like where you come from, like a bit of your personal history, you know, where you grew up, what you do, yep. you know, what got you into business, um, if you've been in multiple businesses or, yep. you know, where, where you start and what got you to where you are today, basically, so that... So, um, would you like to take the floor and just introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, sure. Thanks, Fred. Uh, so, hi everyone. My name's Laurie Brook. I I currently live in Central Queensland in a town called Emerald. Um, I'm here with my husband and my daughter, and we grew up, or I grew up in uh, Brisbane. So, I moved here probably about twenty months ago now. So, I'm still fairly new to town um, for those who live locally. We moved to Emerald because of the lifestyle for our family. And, you know, for me, being able to work for myself and to be a mum and to do all those things that, you know, come with dropping off and picking up at school and helping out at school and doing the taxi things in the afternoon when your children have extracurricular activities. That's what um, I was really craving. So living in the city, um, I found that you know, we didn't get as much family time, which wasn't the lifestyle that we wanted for our family. And that's why we decided to pack up and move back out here and be closer um, so that we could be closer as a family and also, you know, do more socializing and barbecues and catching up with friends and all of that without the hustle and bustle of living in a city.
0: So when you say like you moved to Emerald, how big is Emerald? Like, is it a country town with, you know, one pub and one cafe or?
1: Oh, no, definitely not. Um, It's like, it's quite a large town. I think we're sitting at around 15,000 people. Okay. Um, It's got a big agricultural and mining uh, community out here. Uh, We've got a lot of smaller towns around us that, you know, they come in and this is their local hub in terms of doing shopping and things like that. So you
0: know, we're certainly um, not a one-horse town. That, I mean, I, I've been up to Queensland a couple of times and I've been through a couple of one-horse towns, so it's interesting. Um, the other side of, the, of life is obviously a business life. Yep. So, like, what got you into business? Did you, like, did you work for somebody else first and then pick that banner and run with that? Or what started you on your business life cycle?
1: Uh, so for me, it was a bit of a, it's been a bit of a journey since uh, university days. So, you know, when I was going through university, I got a job as a legal secretary and started off that path. And then from there, I got, I went through um, what we call articles. Um, so to become a lawyer in Queensland, we had to do an articles of clerkship for two years. And so I did that with a family lawyer. So that probably is what started me off down the family law path. And then as that changed, you know, I I got admitted as a solicitor. I worked for some lawyers and I became a partner at a family law firm. And as I, I suppose, as I developed as a family lawyer and I got to experience so much more in terms of what people were going through, I wanted to really try and step out and change the way because our system is, it is a great system. It's the best one that we've got. Um, But I think there's so many things that we could do to further help families who are going through all of that. And so it's just been a journey since then of looking for different solutions and different ways of being able to reach people who are going through that and also show them that there's an alternative to what they're currently experiencing.
0: So you you mentioned when we were in the green room earlier, you mentioned that um, like you had your own practice and that you had a secretary and then you decided to actually, you know, work from home develop. So what, what made you or what encouraged you to make that decision? So you actually, you know, closed down the office effectively, but moved, moved it in-house, literally in-house.
1: <laughs> yeah, literally in-house. Um, two things. One, like from a personal level, um, I sh- shut down my office once I had my daughter. Um, because I decided that, you know, from a family perspective, it was easier if I didn't have the commitments of having to go to court. And um, when just after I had her, we made the move out to Emerald the first time around. And so we didn't have a family support network. So I didn't want to put those added stresses on to the family. Um, but the second reason also was to be able to explore the ways that we can then help families who are going through that From a non-legal perspective so being able to offer support services and other opportunities to help families through that separation and divorce process that didn't involve lawyers um, that didn't involve the court and try and help keep those disputes as amicable as possible
0: so does that mean that you actually closed down your your law practice as such and now you're like you said you're more of a relationship coach and but using your legal knowledge to help people circumvent that?
1: Yeah, so I um, stopped practising, it was around eight years ago now, so I don't um, do family law legal advice anymore, but I still do the family law mediations because that is a great tool for couples who need just that little bit extra help to resolve their disputes and to come up with an agreement from a parenting or property perspective. Uh, I do communication coaching and relationship coaching with people as well, because sometimes people are on the fence. They they don't know if they want to separate, if separation is the right thing for them. Um, And other times they know that they do want to separate, but they want to do it in a respectful and amicable way so that they don't have um, or they're not putting their issues onto their children as the process develops. So there's lots of different ways that we can work with people to help them through this, and that's what my focus has been at the end of the day, making sure that for my clients, their children are number one and that they're doing everything that they can to make sure that the issues they're facing as a couple aren't being put onto their kids.
0: So it's an interesting way of taking it. Uh, So have you ever, like, has it ever happened that, for example, when you're... um chatting with a couple who have obviously made a decision to separate and they're trying to think, has it ever happened that you've actually, because of your involvement that they've actually seen what they're doing wrong, come back together?
1: Some people do give it a try. Absolutely. Um, They certainly do give it a try. And, but for also for some people, it's a matter of let's go through the separation of, you know, separating households um, or one person moving out, I should say. And, working through their issues to then determine is it the right thing to do it can be easy to think that the grass is greener on the other side that you know if we just separate then we're not going to have to fight about it anymore and we can just move on with our lives but especially when you've got children together you're always got some type of um, entanglement because you're still going to be parents and whether it's, you know, making co-parenting decisions as the, as the children grow up to attending weddings and birthdays and graduations and all of that when they get older, there's still some type of connection that you have. And it's important that people understand that as opposed to just thinking it's a process of, you know, cutting ties and moving on.
0: So, so that's, that's really talked about, uh, like, what you do and who, who you serve and whatever. So the, the other aspect I'd like to have a chat about is, like, your, your business itself. Like, how do, you, how do you find your clients, for example? Like, um, what do you do about that? And did that change from the time when you were in the law practice? Mm-hmm. Like, was that a different approach to what it is now? So would you just like to chat about that and what, maybe talk about the law practice first of how you actually got clients into the like come into the practice and what's changed now that you're working in a different environment
1: yep um so from a law practice and bear in mind my law practice days were you know eight plus years ago that getting clients back then it was a very local focused it was you served the area you may have gone you know a few suburbs outside of the area where you were set up but they were the clients that you serve so you're to obtain clients, it was, you know, local referrals, local advertising, local marketing. Um, You still built your network and you still um, built relationships with other people as you, you know, as you developed in your practice and you would get referrals from them and they might not be within your suburb. They might be outside of it. But it was still very much a local-centric focused um, marketing and referral network. When I first moved out of my law firm, I built an online platform and I was very naive about the differences between obtaining clients from a brick and mortar business to an online business. I always thought it would be the same, like you would just transfer one to the other. Um, But it was so different and it it was a real steep learning curve in terms of what that actually meant um, but also getting people back then to trust technology like everyone used it but in having people then to be feel comfortable that they could refer clients to it was a different story altogether Um, and it was new technology back then so that was a, a learning curve in and of itself how to educate people and do education programs as to what it did how it worked Why they should use it, the benefits for their clients, the benefits for them, um, and then doing a broader scale marketing plan. So, trying to reach different parts of the state, let alone Australia, that I'd never even contemplated. That was, you know, I I think I honestly went into it thinking I put up a website and that's all I needed to do.
0: A lot of people do that. Yep.
1: (laughs) And then, you know, when I realised that I needed more than that, it then started the the education process of what it actually meant to have an online business. And so over the years as I've obviously grown as um, running online businesses, I love it. I think it is one of the best tools in terms of how you can service people um, because you can get people in their homes where they feel comfortable and it's not, it takes away the anxiety of walking into a brick and mortar business, um, especially in my area where you there's a lot, there can be guilt and there can be shame and there's a lot of personal emotions that run through with that. So being able to, you know, for someone to sit down with a cup in the morning or at night and take a breath and go, yep, I'm ready to do this and to be able to action something, like then I think is really powerful and something that um, is really underrated in my industry, especially.
0: Yeah, I think, and, and you're right. I mean, even since COVID, like Zoom has come of age. right? Absolutely. Since, since COVID, because now, and it's like QR codes, you know, QR codes have come, they, they've been around for decades, but nobody used them. Now, uh, you know, they're used for one particular thing at the moment, but when, when COVID stops, People are going to be using them for all kinds of things, you know. So the technology has certainly opened up a lot of avenues for people. Absolutely. You know, I, I didn't promote myself online up until COVID. So, you know, COVID's been a godsend for me in, in one fashion. So it's been good.
1: Um, I loved online, like online um, meetings and being able to speak to people in the comfort of their homes, I think, is just amazing.
0: You, you probably just answered the next question I was going to ask. So it was that, like, do you meet people in your home or do you do Zoom calls or, or how do you do it?
1: No, I am online-based um, and, you know, that's my business name and I chose that business name for a very specific reason and that is I wanted to do my work online. I wanted to make my service accessible to other people but also to take away as many of those um, barriers as possible for people having to turn up to an office.
0: So with that, do you find that people at the other end are tech savvy and that when you say we'll jump on a Zoom call, that they know it or do you have to talk people through it and explain how it all works?
1: A little bit of both. Um, So post or in the environment that we are in now, if I say post-COVID, you know, people are more receptive to it. Um, certainly pre-COVID, there was a lot of education still. Um, but once they got used to the software, it was easier.
0: So going back to the eight-year period, like when you started, like Zoom really wasn't that popular. Were you using Skype at the time or something else?
1: Uh, no, so my, um, my business back in at the eight-year mark was a different business altogether. So it was an online communication platform. So people didn't have to do video calls. It was very much a private version of like your Facebook messenger where you would jump on and send messages to each other. Um, And that's still uh, available now in terms of parents who need to communicate with each other but can't talk to each other. Um, So if they've got high conflict or if they've got domestic violence orders in place that they just want that added level of security for them in terms of their communications, they can jump on and they can, you know, share information, have conversations, uh, share records and have access to information about their children um, as a family unit or as two co-parents.
0: And is that something that you offer your clients at the moment so they can have that facility as well?
1: Yeah, so that that's still available. And then, you know, as the years and technology has progressed, then we've started adding courses and things like that. But that's we've come, or I've grown with the technology over time.
0: You you mentioned there that you, you start like developing courses. So did I hit, hit right? Yep. Yes. So, you, yep. so you've got online courses that so they don't have to do on one-on-one with you. You can actually you've got courses that people can sign up for.
1: Yep. And it all comes back to my philosophy, Fred, that I want to make as much information as possible available to people when they are ready to do it, not necessarily when it suits my calendar. um, Because this information and this process is something that's so personable and so unique to the individual that I truly believe we have to, as an industry, try and meet our clients where they are. Um, So by, you know... Um, myself and um, another colleague, we developed uh, a parenting orders program, which is a course that courts often ask parents to take to learn how to co-parent. It's not about actually parenting techniques, but it's learning how to develop that co-parenting relationship. And so we developed that as an online course so that people didn't have to take time off work. They didn't have to find babysitters. They didn't have to, you know, spend a night away from their kids trying, going to one of these programs. They could do it in the comfort of their own home. And it's the same with the communication courses. It's doing this when it suits you so that it alleviates that added stress, stress and pressure.
0: And, and how are your courses delivered? Are they video courses or just PDFs or how no, does it work?
1: Um, video audio there's workbook activities it depends on which one so there's a whole range of other um, depending on the course you know depends on how it's actually delivered but usually it's a combination of video there's reading materials quizzes or pdfs to do
0: and if somebody wants to learn about your courses how how's the best way for them to find out what you do
1: uh, so the best way is to jump on to familylawservices.online and you'll see all of the services that we offer there. Uh, and then reach out on socials.
0: And when you say reach out on socials, your, your social connection, what, what's that?
1: Family Law Services Online with Facebook and Instagram. I uh, okay. try and keep things very simple.
0: Yep, yep, no, <laughs> nice one. No. Yep. Uh, and, and I'll publish those in there show notes as well anyway so people can get click on those links and get in touch and whatever else so i suppose what um before we finish one, one of the things like in that area of you know family coaching or whatever you want to call what's the one issue that seems to uh, prop up all the time but is relatively simple to fix
1: communication and i don't i don't i don't know if that answers the second part of your question is it simple to fix um but communication is a huge issue and if we can take a step back and look at the way that we're showing up to those relationships then it becomes an easier issue to fix okay
0: so is there anything else that you'd like to share with like the the, you know if somebody's listening to the podcast and they're in a situation where it might be just at the start of you know fighting with a spouse or whatever it might be and things are starting to get, in their opinion, get a little bit out of hand. Um, Is there anything you'd like to share with them to maybe, you know, stop that thing happening?
1: My one tip would be to take a pause, take a breath, step back and don't try and solve the issue then and there. You know, when we're in the midst of conflict, when you've got, when you're in an argument with someone or there's an issue in front of you and you've both got very different opinions, trying then and there to solve it is not going to help because all you've got is two people butting heads and you don't have the ability to see other perspectives. You don't have the ability to look at the problem from a completely different angle. You don't have the ability to, you know, Reduce your emotional um, expense that you've thrown into this argument. And so, if you can stop, take a breath, and step back and go for a walk, play some music, do something to really calm yourself down, and then come back to the argument from a different perspective, you might find that that issue that you're arguing about isn't actually an issue at all. It might be something completely different that needs to be addressed. So, always stepping away from the problem before you address it is going to help.
0: terrific advice. Um, the, I, I had a question and I just lost it. It'll hopefully come back in a second. Oh yes, I've got it. So like you're, you said earlier that you're based in Queensland in Emerald, right. Yep. But, and that you're servicing not only the local area, but you know, the state and now Australia, um, are your your services applicable internationally as well? So if somebody's listening to that in the States or Absolutely. the UK or New Zealand, can you help them? Yep.
1: Yeah. So all of my courses are available um, internationally. The only thing that I can't do internationally is the mediations, but all of the actual coaching and relationship and communication courses are all available to anyone. Okay.
0: And we'll put those links, as I said, in the show. notes. it's, um, it's been really great having a chat. Um, Thank I've you. enjoyed it. Um, and if you're listening to this um, and you think that um, Laurie can actually help you, right? Then please just reach out because family is probably the most important thing in life. It is for me. I've been married for forty-four years, so that'll tell you something. Okay, guys, been great having a chat, Laurie. Really appreciate your time, and we'll catch
1: up on the flip side. Take care. Thanks so much, Fred. Well, now it's time for a word from our sponsor. And right
0: now, that's me, Brett Gillen, your host of More Marketing Ideas Podcast. Yes, just like you, I'm in business and I'm here to help. If you would like to have a free, no-obligation consultation with me to see how I can work with you and your business to help you attract more clients, pre-qualify them, and build your business, then simply reach out to me on Facebook Messenger at m.me forward slash more marketing ideas. So it's that easy. Just reach out. Let's get together and uh, see what we can do to help grow your business. It's regular at More Marketing Ideas Podcast. Take care and have a great day.